Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here on MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our pre-Memorial Day episode here on the website. We've got a great action-packed show in store for you today. We're going to be joined by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Next up will be Bruno Demir from his boat, the Gaviota. He is sea bass fishing today, so we'll get a great sea bass report from Bruno. And last but not least, we'll be joined by our Nantucket visitor, Matt Rainamo, who's actually over here on the mainland fishing the Cheeky Schoolie Tournament, which will take place this weekend. So let's dive right into today's show. Well, as usual, on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, we're going to start off by being joined by MFCC founder and creator, Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you on this Friday? I'm doing pretty well, Kevin, and how are you? Very well. It started off, you know, a very sunny kind of warm day here on Cape Cod Bay, and now it's kind of grayed over and feels like the wind's kicking up a little bit. Yeah, there is a breeze, and I think they're saying maybe 80 degrees for Sunday, so that'll be a nice beach day. And then I just saw Sunday night, they're saying north winds 20, 25 miles an hour, so that will really change things for Sunday night. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are kind of migrating down toward this area. I know the traffic has been pretty horrendous on Route 3 heading down toward the Sagamore Bridge, and I'm sure the Bourne Bridge is plenty busy as well. It certainly seems like the season here has definitely kicked off and the warm weather's arrived. People are putting boats in the water, and I know with the start of sea bass season this past week on the 18th of May, there's a lot of folks out there fishing, especially for sea bass, so it seems like a good spot to start off this week by talking about toggin, scup, and sea bass, and I know you've had a chance to get out and do a little bit of fishing. I have. I've been out quite a bit, actually, in the last seven days, and it began last Sunday. I went out with my friend Jay Mazzola, Todd, and our other friend Mike. We were out in Buzzards Bay. We had some green crabs, and Jay really enjoys catching tautog, so that's what we were going for. But we just got inundated with some of the biggest scup I've ever seen. We got quite a few scup that were pushing 15 inches, like real big scup. And I brought some of those home and I ate them. We got those actually on the western side of Buzzards Bay in about 15, 18 feet of water off of Marion. So kind of fishing some new territory there last Sunday. We did eventually find a few tautog. But the scup in Upper Buzzards Bay has just been carpeting, like, the whole bottom. And I put a video up on the website from that trip. And there's a clip where you can see hundreds and hundreds of scup and then two tautog mixed in amongst them. And all of a sudden, you see a nice sea bass come uh, through the video frame as well. So even though you might just be finding tons of scup, there are definitely some tautog in there as well as sea bass it's just a matter of you know picking through them which i'm sure you can relate to it seems like when you're doing that type of fishing this time of year it's kind of like a you hope to get in just a giant biomass of fish and 
with each drop, you don't know whether you're going to pull up a, a scup, a tog, a sea bass, a sea robin, as you got into a, a couple of weeks ago. It's just kind of like dealer's choice this time of year, which is a really cool way to fish. Yeah, the, the intro bottom fishing fishery around here is really quite spectacular to be able to go out there and be able to catch four or five different species. I took a couple members from the website out, Tom and his son, Tom Howie. So we got Tom Howie, the dad, and then Tom Howie Jr., and I had them out yesterday. And we were out in Buzzards Bay again, and the scup fishing was still pretty lights out, and I knew that the scup were going to be reliable. And Tom and Tom, they're kind of new to the fishing world, so I rigged them up with trout rods. So we put a little one-ounce weight with a hook, fish finder rig, dropped it down to the bottom with a piece of squid. And the squid is much better than using crab when targeting scup because the squid stays on the hook for, you know, three or four fish, where the crab just immediately gets picked clean. But with the trout rods, it was a lot of fun. Like, I got in on the action with the scup using the trout rods. They're pulling line. It, it was a lot of fun. So I will never, you know, curse scup ever again. If we get into scup and we're targeting Tautog, I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm going to break out the trout rod and just have a great time catching some of these big scup. Now, yesterday, we did eventually get on the sea bass, but it wasn't easy. I know a couple of years ago, Kevin, you came out with me, I think it was May 30th or May 31st, and we loaded up on sea bass in about 15 to 18 feet of water in Buzzards Bay. I went to those same numbers yesterday, and it was just all scup, did not get any sea bass. It wasn't until I got out deeper into about 25 to 35 feet of water, fishing around some nice rocks, some nice bottom structure that I found using the Navionics app on my phone. They have a sonar overlay, which shows you basically the whole bottom for the Cape and Islands. So it's really convenient for finding rocks and boulders and that sort of thing. But once we got out into 25, 35 feet of water, that's when we started getting into the sea bass. And interestingly enough, we didn't catch any scup out there in the deep water. It was just all sea bass. And we got some really nice ones. I know we had a group trip go out yesterday. I saw Cullen with a group of members from my fishing Cape Cod out there. I think they got their limit of sea bass in about an hour. So Cullen was really dialed in wherever he was dropping his baits down. But we had a good day out there as well. Um, it took us a little bit longer than an hour to get a limit, but the black sea bass fishing, they're here, and I think it's only got to get better. I would imagine over the next couple of weeks, it'll get even easier, knock on wood, to get on some nice sea bass. So it's been a good week. And then today, um, I was pre-fishing the Cheeky Tournament, and you're familiar with that tournament, Kevin, right? Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to talk more about that as well later in the podcast. I know our good buddy Matt Rainamo from over on Nantucket, big fly guy, he's going to join us to talk a little bit about that tournament, and he'll be fishing that tournament as well, Ryan. Great. Maybe I'll bump into him. Today, I was pre-fishing with Doug Blanchard. He's a member of my fishing Cape Cod, and we fished the Cheeky Tournament for quite a few years now together, and we were poking around Barnesville Harbor all day long. And we caught fish, 
So there's plenty of fish in there. But the trick is to find some with some size. So for the cheeky tournament, if you if you could catch four 30-inch stripers, then you have a really good chance of winning. Today we got four probably 24-inch stripers. So as far as the cheeky goes, if you add up those four fish, we'd be just about at 100 inches, which would get us on the board, but probably not win it. So tomorrow I'm hoping with the fly rod we might be able to get lucky and get some slightly bigger fish. But it's good. That was actually my first striper outing of the year. And as you know, Barnesville Harbor is just a gorgeous place, especially at low tide with the sandbars. It's, it was like a tropical paradise out there today. It really was. So you'll be fishing the cheeky schoolie tournament tomorrow. Uh, let's stay on striped bass just for a minute. What else have you been hearing about the, the striped bass bite? I know I've been hearing some reports of, you know, there's some schoolie action now inside of Cape Cod Bay. I know that there's some larger fish out on the other side of the canal, out into to Buzzards Bay. Uh, what have you been hearing in terms of the striper bite over the last week or so? I think there's schoolies just about everywhere you go. I've heard of people catching schoolies down at Nosset and off the outer Cape beaches. I know for a fact, obviously, from today that they're in Cape Cod Bay. I know you saw some on the surface off Plymouth recently. There's some guys from the site who are catching them north of Plymouth up on the South Shore and up on the North Shore, the Boston area. Obviously, the South side is probably your better bet for bigger fish. I heard a rumor that there's some bluefish showing up off the South side. I heard a rumor that there's some bigger bass somewhere down there. I have a more confirmed rumor that there's 40-inch fish in Buzzards Bay. Not a lot of them, but I have seen some photos and people have whispered some things from what they're hearing but i'm yet as of yet i'm i haven't actually seen a fish that big this is all just like real secondhand stuff but i'm sure there's probably a much better chance of getting a a 40 inch fish right now in buzzards bay or vineyard sound those would be my my two go-to places but i'm sure uh, that will change the canal i saw in the forum four days ago Matt Elia got a nice 33-incher down there. And that's really been the biggest fish I've heard of so far from the canal. And I think based off of what I've seen in the forum, the last 48 hours has been kind of on the slow side. And I'm not sure what the tides are doing, but whenever that next set of breaking tides occurs, I would be very surprised if there aren't some bigger fish caught during that series of tides. The last thing I wanted to touch on, Ryan, is our good buddy Bruno Demir, who's going to join us later in the podcast. He's a big sea bass fisherman. I'm sure I'm going to pick his brain during our visit on you know what he's been doing in terms of sea bass fishing this week since the fishery has opened up. But he's been kind enough to donate a sea bass giveaway that I know is up on the website. So give us a little bit of update on uh, Bruno's giveaway. Well, I'm printing out the names right now. I've got to put them in a hat and pull a winner as soon as I'm done recording with you. And Bruno did a really cool giveaway. He only opened it up to members of my fishing Cape Cod who do not have a boat. So somebody who doesn't have a boat wouldn't be able to participate in the sea bass fishery at all. Those are the people that Bruno said could enter. I think we've gotten probably close to 20 entries for that giveaway. So I'll be excited to see who wins that trip. I've got some other lures and some other gear that I'm going to throw up 
this week on the forum for the next members giveaway. And if anybody listening has some cool ideas for giveaways, you know, feel free to reach out. All right, Ryan, thanks so much for the update. It was awesome chatting with you as it is every week, and I look forward to catching up next week. Thank you, Kevin. And one more thing I forgot to mention. I'm hearing whispers of tuna in Massachusetts waters, and I I wish I had more firm intel, but I'm hearing whispers that there's already some tuna showing up. So that's uh, something to look forward to. But thank you as always, Kevin, and I'll talk to you next week. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. And Phil, it's beautiful weather. We're starting to tick up toward 80 degrees. I'm sure the store's pretty busy. Yeah, I think that's two weeks in a row. I've been looking out my window at blue skies when we've had this conversation. Weather's been great all week. Continues to be great. Fishing's pretty good too, yeah, and the store is cranking right now. So we had our conversation last week just ahead of sea bass season opening up on May the 18th. We are now three full days into the action. Phil, what have you been hearing about sea bass so far? Yeah, I can actually give you first-hand experience, which is unusual for me because I have sneaked out twice. So we fished opening day um, with my son and his, a couple of his friends from school. Um, we got into them. Um, a lot of small fish, but we got out of them in, you know, in Nantucket Sound. We fished at Tyre Reef. We fished Colliers. We fished everywhere where there was a rock. And we managed to catch without... I didn't have a tape measure on the boat, ironically, so we were having to make sure they were definitely well over. You know, because it's five fish a day at 15 inches, so we're kind of like 16 and over. Um, but we managed 11 fish without trying too hard. We had a blast. And we caught some massive scup as well down at Colliers and um, more sea robins than you could possibly shake a stick at. But we had a beautiful day on the water. It was the first time driving the new Contender 25 we have at the shop, so she ran great. It was lovely to actually put her into the Nantucket Sound shop. She handled it great. And then I was out again yesterday, which ironically, the the fishing wasn't quite as good as it was on Tuesday. Um, We only kept a few, but we were just there for a bit of fun. But there was a lot of fish around. They're just small still. They had the bigger fish haven't come through. But I've heard great reports in Buzzers Bay about much better fish, you know, bigger fish. And, of course, sea bass tasting so good, you kind of want to get your limit to the big fish if you can because they're divine. And, Phil, when you were on them on opening day, what were you dropping down? Were you using green crab? Uh, were you using jigs? What were you using? Yeah, we, we used butterfly jigs. The Shimano butterfly jigs did well. Um, I, I'd like to rig the ocean-born bouncing bucktail with a dart spin on the back because mm-hmm. it makes for a bigger bait and he's kind of the pink and white with a sparkly tail and what i like about that is that it, it creates a bigger longer bait to so the scup and the sea robins tend to short strike it and you don't hook them as much and you only catch the bigger sea bass you catch less fish but better fish but the butterfly jigs did great we, we didn't use bait all day and i'm you know, unless you're targeting scup, I wouldn't really bother with bait, to be honest, Kevin. I'd, I'd be just, just use jigs. Yep. Whether it be, like I say, the Oceanborns did well. Joe Baggs, his sea bass fluky, you know, will do great. Um, Spro, you know, classic Spro Bucktail and their squid tail did great. But I also, you know, on all of those three baits, I like to rig them with a, with a grub tail on them because I just think you get, you kind of sort out the better fish. And if you put, you know, put some squid on if you want to on a high-low rig, and then you're just going to catch a ton of scup, which is great if you want a load of scup. You know, I just personally wasn't targeting them. What, what if I were to tell you that Ryan's been eating sea robins? I, w- I was pretty taken aback by that. 
Yeah, they taste pretty good, actually. The cheeks are really good. The tail's pretty good. you just got to catch a big one. Um, in, in, in England, in the UK, they're called Gurnard. Okay. And I've caught them up to 20 pounds. Oh, my goodness. So you can actually get some meat. But the head, you see, when you take the head off one of these things, there's not a lot left. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's, uh, you know, I, I put them back, bless them. You know, they're spiny little critters, but they're pretty. So I try and get them back in the water as quick as possible and let them go. I haven't tried eating them yet. Not lowered myself to, they say <laughs> the cheeks, you eat the, the cheeks out of them. Yeah, I think that's what he's been doing. I couldn't believe when he mentioned on the podcast last week that he was taking a moment to eat just because yeah. out of the pure amount of labor that must go into, you know, the filleting process for just such a, a minuscule amount of meat. Yeah, exactly. You get one forkful per fish. Oh, I can't be bothered. I'd rather let the thing swim away. So let's get into a, a good eating fish that's starting to inhabit uh, these waters, Phil. We've been talking about schoolie stripers showing up. I've been hearing some scattered secondhand information of some bigger fish showing up out in Buzzards Bay. What have you been hearing about striped bass over the last week or so? Yeah, my end of town was well, really good. You know, a couple of people actually caught them off the beach. Okay. Um, in the last week or so, you know, small fish, you know, 24, 26 inches. But, you know, one, one, one of my customers, she sent me photos and she was on the beach, you know, lunchtime, broad daylight, and had one off the beach. And I've seen pogies pushed up the beach. I, I had that funny scenario today. A couple of guys, I was in early today because I was. I was going somewhere else at seven o'clock. Two guys came up because they wanted to come in the shop, even though we weren't open. They like, oh, we can't find the bass. Where are they? And I just pointed to Town Cove where there was busting fish right in the middle of the cove with seagulls on them. I'm like, well, there you go. You know, they're everywhere. Um, and I think on the on the night time and certainly the uh, on the incoming tide in the bay, you get on the bayside beaches. You know, first lights is you'll catch some bigger fish. The canal, I've heard reports of fish coming through there. And Buzzards Bay, I've heard, was a little bit quiet so far on the big, you know, the bigger, you know, Buzzards Bay normally sees the big fish first. I'm hoping to get into Buzzards Bay over the next couple of weeks, maybe get some firsthand intel myself. But I've been hearing just secondhand information of fish, you know, nothing too crazy, but kind of in the 35 inch class, kind of meandering around sporadically being taken in that area. But. The next big, the next big moon is, I think, the tenth of June. Mm-hmm. So fine, yeah, we got three weeks, and then it'll then be lights out by then. They'll be they'll be coming through hard by then. One last thing I wanted to ask you about Phil before we get into the shop was I always like to check in with you. You've got a, a good network of folks that you talk to about the offshore bite, and we talked a little bit about last week. It's you know it's early for tuna, but you were hearing some whispers of you know good fishing just to our south. Are you continuing to hear that? Are you hearing anything about the tuna moving up into these waters at all? Yeah, they're here. Okay. You know, there's fish here. There's smaller fish and there's some bigger fish. A bigger fish tend to push through and on the way up. But, you know, I know a couple of guys who, you know, one of my customers just, just telling me he fished a few days ago and he actually, you know, he lost one. He was just trying to catch one for fun to release it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big news is a few hours a day that, that Noah released the the quota, the commercial quota, and they've launched it at three fish a day, which I'm not particularly, I'm, I'm not a big supporter of. I don't necessarily think three fish a day in June through the end of August is going to last very long. Um, but it is what it is, you know. It's, uh, it's yeah, it, we'll have to deal with it. And that, you know, my, my, the reason I'm concerned is these people with, you know, fishing smaller boats and, you know, catching a fish at nine o'clock in the morning 
trying to catch another one and they, there's a fish on the deck for five hours. Yep. And then it goes to market and, you know, the bigger boats, you know, the bigger boats are carrying like 500 to 1,000 pounds of ice. Mm-hmm. So they have the ability to, to store these fish much better than a 23-foot centre console. So depends how people go for it, but I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, but it will also totally dictate, you know, the fish are here now. I, I, I always joke with people about tuna is, you know, they swim 20 miles an hour, 24 hours a day. So who knows where they're going to be by June the 1st. They, they could all be offshore. They all could be in Maine. They all could be having a holiday in Nova Scotia this year. You know, still catching themselves. The Jersey bite has been really good. Catching them off Rhode Island. You know, they're, they're definitely, the early signs for tuna are good. The sand eels is really good. There's There's been a lot of sand eels this year, which we haven't seen for the last couple of years. And if the sand eel population stay steady i really hope that will bring these smaller fish further north into our waters so our recreational anglers can enjoy them and the last thing i wanted to ask you about phil is just the store i know we've been talking each week about how it's getting busier and busier and busier on cape cod and now we're really kind of in the prime time you know we got a beautiful weekend this weekend memorial day next weekend what's going on with the store are you all stocked up is there anything special going on uh, it's madness. I won't say anything special. It's yeah. the cheeky. It's the cheeky fly fishing tournament this weekend. Yep. So we've probably got you know six hundred anglers on Cape for a fly fishing tournament, um, targeting you know striped bass and the, the, you know the, it's the cheeky schoolie tournament. So they're predominantly catching smaller fish on the fly, and I think they're going to have a you know last year was howling wind. The fishing wasn't good, whereas. I think the next couple of days they could have a really, really good tournament. So we've been busy with you know restocking people with flies, stripping baskets. One guy came in because unfortunately he did the classic of his tailgating his rod, so it didn't end so well. So he had to buy another rod. Um, but yeah, we're busy with that, and people just getting ready for summer now. A lot of people just gearing up and getting their gear sorted out. We've been obviously prepping. We were at one stage we had sixty, seventy. Um, tuna reels on the bench we're down to about 20 now so we're, we've caught back on top of that but we're cranking and yeah my my summer staff are starting to onboard which is great so it's great to see some of the kids from last year coming back um the marine shop's going a thousand miles an hour right now trying to get people on the water our moorings went in and one of uh, my captains uh, of old chris nashville who's a great employee and friend of mine he's been helping me out this week put the moorings in so, yeah, we're kind of getting ready for game time, really. Now it's just a turn in the handle. Inventory's pretty good. I've, you know, we physically don't have enough stuff for everything we have in the shop. So that's good. All right, Phil, thanks so much for carving out some time to uh, join us on today's podcast. Really appreciate your insight, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Cheers, Kevin. Yeah, see you soon, mate. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And Bruno, you're joining us from the water today? On the water. My favorite place to be. Hello, MFCC members. So you're out on the Gaviota. Who's your crew today? Uh, actually, the same as last week. I got uh, Cousin Alan and Uncle Izzy with me. And you guys have been hitting the black sea bass pretty hard this week, Bruno. You sent me a couple of great videos that you were kind enough yeah. to share. Give us a sea bass report from the first week of the season here. Yeah, you know... Uh, I am very, very impressed with how much sea bass is out here. That's legal size uh, fish. Uh, usually this time of the month when it's opening day, you don't typically see big 21, 22-inch sea bass. Um, even in buzzing 
Bay. I mean, I'm fishing the south side of Cape in front of Bass River, Hyannis Harbor, and kind of Coleus Ledge area, and uh, there is just sea bass everywhere. Um, a lot of smaller ones. Um, you got to pick through to get the big boys, but um, you could definitely hit your limit if you look for 16-inch fish. Um, me personally, I like I like to keep 19, 20, 21 inch sea bass. Um, so for those bigger fish, I think you probably got to wait um, probably the first week of June or right before, you know, basically next week when they start really getting big. But to see this large amount, just the biomass of sea bass all over the sound, it's very encouraging. It tells me that, you know, as these fish start getting bigger, going into June, it's going to be a great fishery this year. So you're in Nantucket Sound, and you're hitting the sea bass up pretty hard. Can you give us some general pointers on kind of where you're poking around, where you're looking, and then what your setup is once you get there? Yeah, sure. I basically, I went west of Bishop and Clerks and just looked for any kind of shoal or pile, any kind of area where it's higher than the rest of the area. And uh, I start marking them right away. Uh, I'm going to give you a heads up. There's a lot of sea robin because sea robin um, are in the same area as the sea bass. And they both spawn at the same time. So be prepared to uh, take a lot of sea robin off your hooks uh, throughout the day. Um, but we did get them pretty much anywhere in front of Hyannis Harbor far as five miles out uh, but you don't have to go far I mean just look for the fleet there's boats everywhere but you don't even need to go into the fleet I mean we, I start marking them all over the place they're just everywhere right now it's interesting Ryan was talking about sea robins a little bit on last week's podcast and I know Bruno you've been getting into scup pretty good uh, the last several weeks that we've talked to you those big scup are still around huh yeah you know what the nice thing about uh, when you're when you're fishing for sea basses, you know with the larger jigs, I go I go really big with my jigs. I tend to stay, you know, really big with my jigs, and the reason for that: the bigger the jig, the bigger the bait, um, the bigger the sea bass you're gonna hook up on. Uh, if you go too small with your jigs, you end up getting scum and sea robin and things of that nature. But um, I can tell you that with the uh, with the bigger jigs, when you do catch scup, they are just absolute hubcaps. I mean, the, the scup we've kept today have all been like you know twelve to fifteen inch scup. One of them sixteen inches, probably biggest scup I've ever seen. Called it scupzilla, but uh, there's plenty of that out there if you if you use uh, larger gear. And Bruno, in terms of TOG, we talked a lot about TOG earlier in the spring. I know it's not what you're targeting necessarily. Are you seeing any of them mixed in, or can you give us any TOG report from what you're hearing from your fellow captains? Um, you know, I, I personally didn't catch any TOG today, um, but I also wasn't using TOG jigs. You kind of, if you want to see TOG, you kind of have to use a TOG jig because they like to pick the jig up when it's on the ground, not when it's going up and down like like sea bass does. 
but I'm sure if you want to target them, you got a bucket of crabs, you could go out there. However, I think there's just so much sea bass out here right now that uh, I don't know if your bait's necessarily going to um, get to the talk. I think you're probably going to pick up more sea bass or anything else. And Bruno, in terms of a report for the weekend, are you going to be heading out all weekend? What are you hearing in terms of the weather? You know, from what I'm seeing, it's going to be blowing pretty good uh, all the way to Thursday and next week. Um, that's why I've been out here for the last couple of days trying to get in there while I can. Um, as far as the weekend goes, you know, keep an eye out um, for any kind of break in the wind where the wind and your tide are kind of in the same direction. So if you can get the wind and the, and the tide in the same direction, you might have a window of opportunity. But be careful out there because the sound can get uh, pretty nasty in the right conditions. And especially if you guys are going out to Buzzard Bay, you got to watch that southwest wind because when that southwest wind picks up in Buzzard Bay, uh, it can get pretty bad out there. You don't want to be caught in that. In terms of, Bruno, the striped bass, I know we're talking a lot about the bottom fishing and the, the sea bass because that is in season right now, but I'm still hearing you know, reports of, of schoolie-sized fish trickling into the area. I'm hearing reports, actually, of them being inside Cape Cod Bay, very small fish, actually, that have probably made their way through the canal. Can you just give us a quick striper report, too? Yeah, you know, I heard guys talking about it on the radio, and most of the guys off of Falmouth are, are getting their keepers. Uh, you probably got to catch about 15 or so uh, stripers before you can land two keepers. So you got to work through it. But they, they are here. Uh, you just got to be patient and working. But, uh, I mean, my personal opinion, you know, the sea bass spawning season last till about the first week of June, and then it's all over. So if you're going to get it, now's the time to capitalize on it and then stripers here for the rest of the season. Bruno, the last thing I want to touch on is just what's going down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Anything new going on in the store? I know we're heading toward the Memorial Day weekend push. Yeah, so here's what we got going on, the Memorial Day weekend is uh, not that big for us because on Memorial Day and the weekend of being on Cape Cod, um, folks just want to be outside, enjoy the nice weather, and not really spend all day in the dealership. So we don't do anything crazy. But what we are doing, if you go into the dealership and see something you like and you want to see what you can do for a great deal, just mention that you're an MFCC member and we will give you a $500 voucher to use towards your down payment. So if you have 1000 bucks down, now you have 1500 down, so on and so forth. All right, Bruno, thanks for the update on what's going on in the shop and what's going out on the water. It's always good catching up with you when you're out on the boat, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good, man. We'll see you soon. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Matt Rainamo for from over on Nantucket at the Nantucket Tackle Center. And Matt, I understand you're joining us from the mainland today. Big occasion, huh? Yep. Uh, I'm here on Cape Cod uh, for the Cheeky Schoolie Tournament, which has uh, become a yearly tradition for me and a couple of my buddies. 
So give us a little background on the Cheeky Schoolie tournament. How many years have you been fishing it? And give us a little bit of detail. It, it starts tomorrow, correct? It is. One day tournament tomorrow. I started fishing it probably probably six or seven years ago. And it was, um, so I've been doing it quite a while. And me and my uncle came over and fished it. And I was, uh, I was a cheeky, um, and a cheeky endorsed guide at the time. So that's how I kind of heard about it and got into it and, and came over to fish it. Um, and at the time there was like 30 guys in a small parking lot and, um, you know, splitting up, it was very small and, uh, but everybody loved it. And now it's, now it's the biggest fly fishing tournament in the world i think so it's everybody did in fact love it and told their friends who told their friends and now it's um now it's huge can you give us a little bit of insight as to you know the rules and regulations of the tournament how it's run all that good stuff uh sure there's um you fish with a partner one partner you uh register your four biggest fish your four biggest stripers of the day get scored um all catch and release uh photograph you know, photographs to keep score. Um, you have to fish together with your partner. You have to keep your feet on, on, uh, on the ground waiting, you know, walking, waiting only no, no boats, no kayaks, no swimming, um, and fish anywhere on Cape Cod. Um, it used to sort of be like a shotgun start out of a parking lot where, you, you know, you'd have, everybody racing out from the captain's meeting at, at 5 30 in the morning to split up all around Cape Cod. But I believe, um, this year and, and, uh, last fall they did it. Um, it's now a, like a remote start. So you can kind of stand right where you want to take your first cast. Um, and you fish all day and, and then send in your, your fish pictures and, uh, see, see how everybody did. Getting back to a little bit closer to home for, for you, Matt, uh, I know you made your way over here to the mainland on Wednesday of this week. Can you give us a little bit of a taste as to what's going on back on Nantucket in terms of a fishing report? Yeah, much you know, much the same as, as here. I think it's it's starting and it's getting better all the time um, with, with the best yet to come and, uh, you know, Nantucket running a little bit behind the mainland. Um, we've had some people in the shop, um, saying, you know, they've caught keeper size fish or a friend of a friend's caught keeper size fish. I don't think there's been, there's a tournament going on in Nantucket right now, a charity, uh, month long tournament. I don't believe as of yesterday, at least there was no keeper size fish on that leaderboard. I think the biggest one was a 25 and a half. Um, so they're they're either on Nantucket or they're getting close. There's been schoolies for a couple of weeks, and there seem to be more all the time. Um, there's black sea bass in the sound. Um, I'm not sure about the size of those, but the scup have already shown up too. Uh, mackerel in the sound in, the, in Nantucket Harbor. So things are definitely um, rolling along. So if, if you were headed over to the island, I know we're approaching Memorial Day weekend. we still got one more week to get there, but... Late May, early June, definitely a time where a lot of folks are coming over to visit you at the Nantucket Tackle Center. Do you have any tips that you could give folks who are looking to target, you know, the striped bass population uh, from the shore? Any spots they definitely would want to check out, you know, over the next seven to ten days? Yeah, I would. I would say uh, either harbor, Madigan Harbor, or Nantucket's main harbor. Um, 
they're they're two of the two of the best early season spots. Um, and then the South Shore, um, anywhere kind of west of of Novadir, um, you know, the western half of the South Shore tends to fish a little better than the than the eastern half this early in the year. But um, any any one of those three spots, they're all producing right now. So, uh, and I would imagine they'll still stay good for for a while. Getting back to Cape Cod, since you're here and while we have you, I don't want you to give away everything you're going to be doing tomorrow, uh, you know, all, reaching into your bag of tricks to try to, to win the Cheeky Schoolie tournament, but can you give us some of your, I don't know, your favorite flies, some things that you're going to be trying to entice these fish with? It's, it's, it's no secret. I'm going, to, I'm going to be on the Brewster Flats. Um, I, I fish it every year, pretty much. Um, it seems that... When I when I go elsewhere, I don't do well, and if if I'm on the flats, then I, I feel like I have a chance. Um, so I will I will probably be there. I think the the forecast looks overcast, so it's not looking like my ideal day because um, it's a great you know it's a it's a great sight fishing spot. Um, it gets a lot easier when when you can see them there, um, and it's definitely challenging you know feeding the fish in the on the bright sand, but it's it's fun, and there seems to be a good mix of sizes usually, from from you know twelve inches to um, thirty five plus. Um, so that's where I will be. Um, I'm going to fish a little brown epoxy minnow um, type thing. I call it the Skacket Special because we always fish at a Skacket Beach. So I, I I named it that and sort of tie my tie the colors that I like here, and it's worked pretty well for me. Um, over the years in the last couple of days, it seems to be, they've been very finicky, but, um, it seems like they're eating that better than everything else I've thrown out of them. All right, Matt. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. I know you're resting up, getting ready for the tournament tomorrow. I want to wish you the best of luck and we look forward to catching up with you next week and getting a full report on how the cheeky schoolie tournament went. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's going to put the wraps on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast want to thank all of our guests that took time out of their busy days to join us here on the show, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We were then joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. Next up was Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And last but not least, Matt Rainamo of the Nantucket Tackle Center. So thank you to all of the guests and thank you to you, the listeners. And until we chat again next week, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to myfishingcapecod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.